Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eat, Eat it, it Up. up. I'm going to okay. say it. When I was listening, when I was editing the last episode, I was on track with the first two out of three Eat It Ups. Like, I don't know if that's the Wi-Fi. As in we were Wi-Fi. saying at the same time? Yeah, at the same time. So I don't know if that's like the Wi-Fi now that I've moved back home or what it is, but oh. I don't know. The, the listeners will be the judge and they'll be the judge today and every day until the day I die. <laughs> judge but, and Jerry. But I, yeah, I don't know. I think there's been a major improvement, so. Okay, because on my end, it still sounded like you were saying it directly after I said it. So it'll be interesting to hear you the recording. You are so spiteful. You are so spiteful. What's <laughs> like all that about? in your world of delusion. <laughs> yeah, in my world of madness. Um, okay, well, Maria, how are you? This week has actually been okay. Okay, that's <laughs> massive. You guys you hear the joy in her voice? The pure bliss. But I think like yeah. positive things in the future. And then I don't think he mm-hmm. listens yet, but my old swim coach, Ken, said like it was just like a really small comment on like one of my instagrams but i was like god i oh, miss yeah. him and it was just like very sweet and it honestly brightened my week up a bit so yes and if you ever end up listening i miss you and i love you <laughs> shout out to ken shout out to ken um but yeah it swim. was <laughs> i never knew how to swim before i came to him four years ago yeah but... and then she made it onto the varsity team he taught her from <laughs> nothing she was in the little baby pool Oh, and Can you I believe that, you guys. I competed against Olympians, and I was yeah. able <laughs> against oh, Kylie God. Moss, Kylie and Moss. then got crushed by her. Got crushed. <laughs> I was in Thrifty Foods yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and there was just like this poster for Kylie Moss, and I was like, "Why do you taunt me? Why are you everywhere?" Yeah, she follows you ever. For context, I've read Kylie Moss swam for U of T, right? Yes, and she is a world record holder, at least was for a period of time, bronze Olympic medalist. U of T mm-hmm. varsity captain, Kylie Moss. <laughs> and Maria swam in the same pool as her at one point, I think. Mm-hmm. Competed I in the same heats and everything. And yeah. naturally she kicked my butt. And then of course it was like at that swim meet, they were, they, for whatever reason, they decided to announce everyone's names before we had to like hop in the pool. And so they're announcing mm-hmm. Kylie Moss and people are going crazy for her. And then I'm in lane eight, the slowest lane. And they're like, Marija Robinson, Queens University. I was like, I've never felt like more. Marija. <laughs> You're like, great. Cool. Gets the name Love wrong. That. Yeah. Oh, um, well, shout out to Ken. Shout yeah, out to Ken. Thanks for teaching Maria how to swim. Thanks. Um, how is your week? You're having a better week. Thank I'm you. having a good week, too. Good. Okay. It's been a good week. Yeah. The sun is shining. The sun is shining. Yeah. Sam is no vaxxed. So. Things are happening. I'm vaxxed. Yeah. I'm vaxxed. Marie's booked to be vaxxed next yes. week. Woo. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm now a robot. <laughs> but um, Bill Gates made me say that. Um, <laughs> he controls what I say now. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's good. It's good feeling to be vaxxed. Everyone go get your vaccine. Please, for the love We're of God. Vaccine hesitancy. On Let me podcast. have a normal summer for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, please. So yeah, we want um, that one dose summer. <laughs> that one dose summer. So yeah. this week is all about the Berlin Wall. Woo-hoo. Thanks to Griffin. He suggested it and I actually was very excited to do it. But of course, naturally, before we start talking about the topic, we mm-hmm. have snacks to try. Yeah, but it is it's such a good topic. I can't believe we haven't even considered it was on our list we hadn't even thought about it but it's like a natural so thank you griffin what a good topic idea Mm -hmm. um our snacks well you go first i have a dark dark story to tell (laughs) 
Okay. So my snack is actually, it's quite embarrassing for me this week. So I was, I went to Breca Bakery. There's like Mm -hmm. five locations in Vancouver and the kind of the appeal of them is they're open 24 seven, which is pretty sweet. So, and they do (laughs) a little weird, but they do like tons of like, you could walk in and like, you can get lunch. They have uh, pretzels on Friday, Saturday, they have donuts, they have cookies, they have cakes. They right. have like kind of everything you could want. And so okay. I was trying to find something that would be German, right? Right. So I was like, oh, they have German chocolate cake. Amazing. Went in, mm. bought it, was so excited. And I have now looked into it before, like before I bite in. So I was like, oh, I should double check where this originated from. It's American. Yeah. Samuel German in the 1850s founded German chocolate Mm. cake because he was like working for a chocolate company. And so he created this. And so I'm just sitting here like a true idiot (laughs) thinking that my German chocolate cake originated somewhere in the country of Germany, but it's just this guy's last name. And it's not even like he was German. I think he was American and English. Like he has no affiliation. It's confusing. It's confusing. It's confusing and embarrassing. So that's, I'm mm-hmm, eating German mm-hmm. chocolate cake this week. <laughs> yeah, but not to be confused with the country of Germany. <laughs> not to be confused no, with having no. any relation whatsoever with Germany. No. You're so bad. <laughs> so what's so your naughty. dark, dark story, Sam? Mm, I don't even know if I want to talk about it or not. Well, I guess I better, I kind of have to, don't I? I mean, it's up to you. A podcast no though. fine i'll do it twist my arm <laughs> um okay so today i got a gorgeous sausage roll from von dome bakery which is mm. like near kensington in calgary if people are curious it's, it's gorgeous it's gorgeous it's a beautiful cafe it's one of my classic haunts they're really good brunch actually um okay. so i go to get a sausage roll it's a giant sausage roll Okay, it's probably the largest sausage roll you've ever seen. It looks delicious. Like phallic imagery going on. <laughs> Definitely some phallic imagery. Um, like not like, you know, the little sausage roll. It's not like that. This is mm-hmm. not that kind of sausage roll. So it's, it's a big sausage roll. It looks delish. Um, I have it, like I got it this morning. I have it out. Jackson, my boyfriend, who I love dearly, wants half of it. <laughs> which I say I'm reasonable I'm a reasonable yeah. person so I go I go sure yeah you can have because it's massive I'm like I'm not gonna eat it all like it's too early in the morning so I'm like sure yeah. you have half and then I'll have the other half and for the pod and it'll be fine then I have to go hop on a call with like Maria about something else so we're on this call like half of the thing has already been eaten I come downstairs <laughs> there is an inch and a half maybe an inch of the sausage roll left sitting on the plate so I'm, I literally freak out. I'm like, okay, did Jackson do this? But I'm like, I know he would not do that because he knows, he knows that if it's half, like if we say half, he eats half because if he eats more, I'll get annoyed because I'm territorial yes. about food. Yes. So, and he's out talking to this, he and my mom are out talking to a neighbor randomly. So I'm like, they're not around and no one else is in the house. And it's not Ellie because Ellie wouldn't eat us. Like it just wouldn't, it's not in her temperament. No, no, no. Ellie. And my dad's out. So I'm like, who could it be? Clip, clop, clip, clop. <laughs> Up the stairs comes my dad. And I go, did you have some of this? And he goes, yeah, m- your mom said that you already had half. No. I said, Jackson already had half. I haven't had a bite. <laughs> and so then anyways, it, so it was him. He ate like literally almost no. the rest of it. So my snack this morning is literally the end of a sausage <laughs> roll. 
it's and I was super hungry, so I'm gonna be honest. I've eaten it already. Like I ate it. <laughs> I, it was delish, and I'll, we'll get into the review later. But now I'm almost more mad because it was good, and I I like didn't get any of it. I feel robbed. Did you Anyways, get any sausage in it, or was it just pastry at the end there? No, I did get sausage. Yeah, okay. thank thank God. But uh, yeah, I was so dang it. Starting Bruce. off on the wrong foot here. <laughs> no, I know. I, I love I love my dad. I love I love my boyfriend. But it's like. Can't they were break sometimes. Firing against you today. They were. They were. <laughs> Anyways, so that's my dark story. But let's get into the Berlin Wall. I want to hear yes. all about it. Okay. Okay. So I am. I'm like beyond excited for the Berlin Wall. I see that. Oh wow! Way too hyped today. But you have the sweats. I have. <laughs> not see that, that through I'm the not Zoom. Sweating, but today it's mm-hmm. more than. It's more profound more. today. Profound. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for today. Background is going to be pretty long because mm-hmm. to understand the Berlin Wall, which was constructed in like the 60s, there's 20 years of history prior to that that like you need to know to right. get why it's important. Yeah. So um, let's let's dive into it. Background. Okay, cool. So you're like World War Two. Actually, I was about to well, say. Well, I know you kind of you kind of do like like you actually kind of do World War Two. Well, like five words are at the end of world war two <laughs> no but literally that is i feel like that is when the history of the berlin Wall yes starts, so keep, absolutely yeah. so basically end of world war two you have the allied leaders they all meet at the potsdam conference and mm-hmm. ally like for anyone who needs a refresher allies in world war two they were the ussr uh britain france and the u.s those were the major powers of course right. you have a sprinkling of like canada was an allied yeah. power but was we're not the major yeah yeah. And then the axes were like Germany, Italy, that side. Okay, so the Allied leaders, they all meet at the Potsdam Conference between July 17th to August 2nd, 1945. Right. And at this conference, it was decided like Germany was going to be divided into four zones of occupation under the control of the US, Britain, France, and the USSR. Right. Because essentially like um, the war in Europe was done as of like May for the most part. Right. It didn't really fully end until, because in August of 1945, you have the bombings um, in Japan by the US. Right. But for the most part, they're trying to figure out how to, how to get Europe together once the war is over. Right. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna divide Germany. Every ally power gets their own section. Right. Um, and although Berlin was located within the Soviet Union zone, they mm-hmm. also decided, okay, it's the capital, we're gonna split that into four. And so what happened is that the American, British, and French sectors of Berlin, they formed mm-hmm. West Berlin, and then the Soviet sector became East Berlin. Right. But although, like, these four powers formed the Allies, their relationship at this point was becoming increasingly strained. Right. Um, because as early as, like, 1942, the, the U.S., France, and Britain, and the USSR were struggling to reach an agreement of the shape of post-war Europe. Right. So they, they had kind of been in tension up to this point. And so then by 1945, you fully kind of see the U.S. and the USSR emerge as like ideologically opposed superpowers. Mm-hmm. Because the U.S. is obviously capitalism, democracy, USSR is communism. Right. Um, and so naturally, each wants to exert their influence over other countries once the war was over. And that's how we get the Cold War. But what ended up happening with these rising tensions and the decisions made at the Potsdam Conference is that Germany really became a focus of Cold War politics. Right. And so the divisions between East versus West or communism versus capitalism, it really came into focus. Right. And you see that like 
not only in Germany, but in Berlin specifically. Yeah. Right. Okay. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, definitely. Um, so when you say like the allied powers, like, I guess like Germany was split up into four and Berlin was mm-hmm. split up into four amongst the allied powers. Yes. Does that mean they were like, they didn't actually get territorial ownership of the land, but they were in charge of like administration or something or security. Like what was, you know what I mean? What was the arrangement? Mm-hmm. Cause it wasn't like Germany became like actually American British territory, territory of British. No. No. So what did that, do you know what that entailed? Yeah, it wasn't like actual territory becoming that country's territory, but I think it was, it was administrative. Kind of. Administrative, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So now we're going to chat about the Berlin Airlift. And this is still background. Yeah. We're not at the wall yet. We're not even at the <laughs> wall. Slow down, you guys. You gotta get <laughs> here out. first. You gotta talk about the airlift. Airlift. Okay, so the Berlin Airlift is seen as like the first major confrontation of East versus West during the Cold War. Right. And so although West Berlin was in Soviet territory, it was connected to West Germany uh, by formally agreed upon like road, rail, waterway and air corridors. Yeah. Um, But shortly after the end of World War II, the USSR began maneuvering to drive like the US, Britain and France out of Berlin for good. Right. So in 1948, what it did was it created like a Soviet blockade of West Berlin, which was aimed to starve out the Western allies of the city by prohibiting Mm. all ground access between West Berlin and West Germany. Right. And so it was tricky because Berlin was surrounded by the, the Eastern territory that the USSR had, they could effectively like block everything from coming into it. Right. Um, And so it meant that two and a half million Berliners needed to be supplied with food, fuel, and the means to continue production export. So they were kind of like really freaking out. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of retreating the U.S. and other Western allies, they flew aircrafts of supplies into Berlin's airports. And initially the situation was like super improvised and uncoordinated, but eventually developed into like this very efficient operation where Mm -hmm. at its peak, a plane was landing every three minutes. And somewhere else I read that like at its peak, an allied plane took off or landed in West Berlin every 30 seconds. Wow. So, like, they were rapid fire. They, they were like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, and then realizing, obviously, that the West, like, West Berlin was coping very well with the blockade, the USSR mm-hmm. lifted it on May 12th, 1949. And although, like, the, the Berlin airlift lasted for more than a year, they, the Allied powers, they delivered more than 2.3 million tons of goods to West Berlin until the USSR finally called it all off. Right. And so the Berlin then- airlift... Sorry, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then they, they ended the blockade so you could go from West Berlin through East German territory to get to West Yes, German yes, gotcha. exactly. And so the, the Berlin airlift, it's hard to talk about the wall without the Berlin airlift because it kind of signifies what's going to come. It's like this blockade, mm-hmm. people can't get into it. Right. And so West Berlin becomes its own like unique sort of area in this right. field of communism. Right, because that is the critical thing that I feel like I didn't get before... I went to Berlin. Yes, I, w- I went to visit my sister's Oh, you've been there? Some- she lives in Berlin. That's, it's a, kind of a French accent I'm hearing. But anyways, no, no, it's kind of no but that, I didn't get that. But like Berlin, and I feel like you pointed that out really well. Like okay. it is like Berlin, the whole city is in East Germany. Yes. Surrounded by communism. There's just this little like West Berlin is the only kind of part controlled by allied powers. Yes. And then there's East Berlin and all of Eastern Germany around it. That's yes. all USSR. And then further to the West, you have West Germany. Yes, exactly. Totally. Um, and so after this, by 
1949, Germany officially splits into two independent nations. Mm-hmm. So this is where like before it was like divided and we each have a little bit of power, but now Germany's right. split. Formally, okay. Formally, yes. And so you have the Federal Republic of Germany mm-hmm. and that's West Germany. So right. it's obviously like Western democracies, it's democratic capitalism. Right. Then you have the German Democratic Republic, GDR, and that's East Germany, and that's a right. socialist state. There are right. USSR vibes. Right. So at this point, we have two Germanys. But in 1952, it gets even trickier because the East German government closed the border with West Germany. So this right. doesn't mean, this, doesn't, this isn't like necessarily Berlin, but this is like the country of Germany. That border has mm-hmm. now closed between East versus West. Right. And so even though like Berlin was located in East Germany, the border between West and East Berlin stays open, essentially meaning that like if East Germans wanted to escape to the West, they had to go through the city to get there. Does that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm. I think so. So you'd have to go from like East Berlin to West Berlin and they were letting Mm -hmm. West Berliners go to West Germany, but not East Berliners. Okay. Yeah. Or even like some people may have just stayed in West Berlin. It's right, not like okay. they were all trying to get to West Germany per se. Right. But right. essentially, like the because you have two Germanys, the country between or the border between the two, you couldn't yeah. get through. But the in the city of Berlin itself, you could still right. get through it. So that's how people were filtering. Okay. And so were um were West Berliners still permitted to go through West Germany or was the border closed for them too, actually? Um, I think it was because West Berlin is surrounded by east i think you would have to do like aircraft out or like one of the rails that was pre-approved so they fully closed the border like they were just like yeah from what i know i don't 100 percent know but i think so yeah i mean it's like we're we're literally not even (laughs) at the berlin wall yet i'm like i need to know tell me can they get through (laughs) Uh, okay and so that's what we're dealing with then from 1958 to 1961 the soviets Mm -hmm. see a huge number of refugees flow from east to west because the border right. is now closed. People are starting to realize mm. like, this is getting more serious. Cold War is picking up. I remember up. this. Yeah. Yes. So um, nearly 3 million people left east to west um, right. since 1949 when the Berlin airlift ended. So 3 so million from, people had left. From in, like, East Berlin years. to West Berlin or from yeah. East Germany to West Germany? Um, I think it's like East Germany to West Germany. And many of those leaving, they were young, skilled workers, such as doctors, teachers, engineers, so people that you kind of want to keep. Right, right. And specifically, as leaving East Germany became more difficult, West Berlin, with its open internal border to East Berlin, remained one of the few exit routes for those looking to leave East Germany. Mm, Okay. Yeah, so I think that answers. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Gotcha. In June 1961, Roughly 19,000 people left East Germany through Berlin. In July, this number increases to 30,000 people. Mm. And then within the first week and a half in August 1961, 16,000 East Germans crossed the border into West Berlin. Wow. And why does it matter that's a week and a half into August? Because then the Berlin Wall is built. And that's when you mm. can't cross anymore. <laughs> Okay. And what year was that? I missed, I was lagging, well, so I missed it. 1961. 1961. And now we're done with background. We've done it. Okay. Now we're at the Berlin Wall. Now I have goosebumps. I'm like, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Okay. No, okay. that's interesting. Yes. Good Any questions about background thus far? 
No, I think that all makes sense to me. You know, East Berlin, West Berlin, it's in East Germany. They shut off the border. Massive exodus from people going from East Germany to West Germany or East Berlin to West Berlin. Yes. And they want to shut that shit down because they're losing their skilled workers. and (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And just people, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So details now. So like we just talked about, we have thousands of people leaving East Germany through Berlin in 1961. Right. And... Of course, like these increasing numbers were partly due to rumors that began spreading that year that measures were going to be introduced to strengthen the border and stop East Germans from leaving for the West. Yeah. And so, of course, like people were like, okay, we got to get out. On June 15th, 1961, though, East German leader Walter Ulbricht, he said, mm-hmm. no one has the intention of building a wall. He's like, we're not going to build a wall. We're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. On the night of August 12th, though, a wire barrier was constructed around West Berlin. Right. Overnight, it happened. And from that moment on, you could not cross. Mm -hmm. As soon as that wire barrier was there, you were done. Right. And so I don't, I think like with the numbers that we just talked about of people leaving, I don't think it was a complete shock to Berliners that this was going to happen. But like, of course, there was no warning on on like the construction of the wire barrier. So it was Mm -hmm. still like, I think very intense for a lot of people. Right. Um, and so like, for instance, on August 12th itself, like right before they built the barrier, 2,400 people fled for West Berlin, which was the largest number of defectors to leave East Germany in a single day. So people kind of, you could, they could tell it was coming. And the, the wire barrier that was built was called, I'm going to, this is in German, so bear with me. Anti-fascist is share Schutzwall or anti-fascist mm. bulwark. So like right. anti-fascist barriers, essentially. So they said that the purpose of this barrier was to keep so-called Western fascists from entering East Germany and undermine, undermining the socialist state. In reality, mm. it obviously served the objective of preventing mass defections from East to West. Right. Okay. Um, and so overnight neighborhoods were divided. Like, there was even like I was reading an article, the wall essentially cut off. Like there was this one building that was like right on, I mean, there mm-hmm. were multiple, but this one building was around the edge so that you couldn't actually get out of the entrance of the building anymore because the wall was right there. Oh, wow. So okay. it, it cut through, like it cut through streets, right. through neighborhoods. It was cutting right through. Yeah. Neighbors were divided and families were separated as the established crossing points between the Western and Soviet sectors were closed. Mm-hmm. And prior to the wall, Berliners on both sides of the city, they moved around fairly freely. It wasn't right. like it was really tough to get through before. Like you had yeah. trains and subway lines would carry people across. People would see family. They would go to work. They would shop. They would go to the movies, et cetera, on both sides. Yeah. So it, all of a sudden that all came to an end. Right. Um, and from the barbed wire barricade, the wall would eventually develop into a fortified concrete wall. Mm-hmm. And yes, it encircled East Berlin, isolating it from East German territory. So it was completely closed off all the way around. Right. West Berlin. Did you say East Berlin? I did say East Berlin. I'm getting okay, confused. Sorry. I'm like, sorry. hold on now. Who's, who's trapped? Yeah. I guess they're like trapped out of Berlin. Yeah. So sorry. West Berlin. West Berlin. It's completely closed <laughs> off. Completely. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And so... What I didn't know, because I've actually never been to Berlin, although I would love to go, the Berlin Wall wasn't actually one wall, it was two. Mm, Um, And so essentially, like, they ran parallel to each other. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 
And so they were 155 kilometers long or 96 miles for our American listeners. Right. And 13 feet tall, which is yeah. such a Canadian thing to do. I'm like telling you kilometers, but I'm telling you feet for height. So feet. yeah, yeah, that is yeah. like, let's mix that. Yeah. <laughs> and so these, the reason that there were two was because in between the walls was like a heavily guarded mined corridor of land known as the death strip. Hmm. So it was it was essentially to like ensure that uh, they could keep control of people and see those who were escaping. It allowed them, right? Yeah, right. And so the Berlin Wall was under the constant surveillance of armed East German border guards, and they were authorized to shoot anyone attempting to escape into West Berlin. Right. And by 1989, the wall was lined with 302 watchtowers. Jesus. Which I think is insane because it, if it's like three, if it's 155 kilometers long, that's like almost two watchtowers per kilometer. Yeah. So it was like the whole way through they, they were watching. Yeah. And so the only way to get from east to west was through one of three checkpoints. Right. Although I think by the end, like somewhere I read there may have been up to 12, but there's kind of okay. three uh, known ones. And in like American military parlance, they were checkpoint alpha Checkpoint Bravo and Checkpoint Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, I've been to that one. <laughs> yes, which is like, I think it's the one we've all heard about. You see photos yeah. of it. It's still like, they still have the, like, the thing standing. And the reason that we all know about Checkpoint Charlie, it was the only crossing open to allied diplomats, military personnel, and foreign tourists. Mm-hmm. So it was really the only one that people like you and I could ever get through would be Checkpoint Charlie. Right. And there was also... As diplomats. Um, you know, as a diplomat, as I was thinking of a tourist. Oh, oh, I was like, oh, sorry. I was like, what? I was like, Why would we? Okay, yeah, sorry. I got it. Um, okay, different vibes. But yeah. there was also like in 1961, there was a U.S.-Soviet standoff at Checkpoint Charlie. Um, mm. And they were very afraid it would like be the first actual like hot war of the Cold War. Right, I don't know. Right, okay, um, yeah. Definitely some tension there. But despite operating for nearly three decades, the Allied side of Checkpoint Charlie consisted of only of a small shack and a few sandbags, which is like the image that you see of Checkpoint Charlie, what's still standing there. Right. Um, and essentially the allies, I say the allies, but the USSR used to be an ally, but now it's not. Right. Right. Et cetera. They kept their operations simple as a way of symbolize, symbolizing their view that the Berlin Wall, it wasn't permanent or a legitimate border. Mm-hmm. And so it stood in like stark contrast to the more elaborate East German side, right, which had right, guard right. towers, cement barriers, and a shed where vehicles underwent searches and heat scans to make mm-hmm. sure that people weren't hiding in cars. Right. So in comparison, Checkpoint Charlie on the Western side was a very chill vibe. Right. Yeah. Um, and so weirdly enough, the wall did help to diffuse some of the crisis happening over Berlin and like some mm-hmm. of the early Cold War tensions with American President Kenny, even Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> Jason Kennedy. Kenny. Like who? He's had a long career. <laughs> Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, formerly American president. <laughs> formerly super hot icon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, American President Kennedy uh, said that wall, having a wall is a hell of a lot better than a war. So mm. he was like, okay, if this is what it's going to take to like ease it up a bit, fine. And then just two years later in 1963, Kennedy gave a very famous mm-hmm. speech in West Berlin. Do you know what he said, Sam? He said, ich bin ein Berliner. I am a Berliner. Yes! Oh my god, you even said the German one. The big joke here is that translated 
it kind of translates to I am a donut or I am a jelly donut. Oh, really? It's sort of like people argue over it, but I think it's like when he add like Ike bin ist or something like it was oh. one of the words he added. Okay. Made it to him being a donut. Oh, that's funny. But people well, knew I like his effort. Event. Yeah. He tried. He tried. Yeah. And the speech to is like still known par- like today partly because the impact it had on Western Berliners. Mm-hmm. Because of course, many of them at the time they were feeling abandoned by the Allies and the German government. Yeah. Because when the wall was built, then Chancellor Conrad Adenauer he mm-hmm. took days to come to the city. Right. So they kind of felt like we're all alone. We're surrounded by communist territory and they were, they were just feeling very unsafe. And so Kennedy's words were like very refreshing and hopeful to them. It was like, Mm you're not forgotten. We are, you're one of us. Yeah. But even with the, the two walls escape from East Germany, it wasn't impossible from 1961 until 1989, more than 5,000 East Germans, including some 600 border guards crossed the border by jumping out of windows adjacent to like the wall they climbed over barbed wire, mm-hmm. they flew in hot air balloons, they crawled through sewers, they drove through unfortified parts of the wall at high speeds, like they would just drive through it. Shit. I heard, I read this one where it was like this famous acrobat, just like trapeze <laughs> across. So oh, yeah. like people, people were getting out and mm-hmm. doing what they could. But the wall, it like, did largely, of course, prevent people from moving across the city, but it also fundamentally changed how the two Berlins functioned. So systems like water, electricity, sewer, public transportation, they all had to be separated. Mm, Of course. And in general, life on the Western side pretty much carried on as it did anywhere in the Western capitalist world. Some people say that like a lot of like radical artists moved there and stuff. I don't, right. I don't know how true that, I think the 70s and 80s were just a radical artist time. I don't know <laughs> right. in this particular, but it, it's kind of stayed the same as what we would have found it here. In mm-hmm. contrast though, life in East Berlin was extremely different from like the style of clothing that people were wearing to the cars they drove and like supplies of consumer products were inconsistent, particularly when they were coming from abroad. And the architecture reflected a lot of like the socialist architecture we know of from the time. Right, right. Which is ugly. (laughs) Is it like the brutalist, like utilitarian Mm. stuff? Yes. Which is, I mean, if you go like downtown Vancouver, you get those big slabs of just concrete buildings with no windows. And it's like, that's ugly too. Even um, like at Queen's University, you can tell the like buildings from the 70s Mm, because they're all just pure concrete with like small windows in them and it's like who wants that like (laughs) so not just east berlin not just east berlin (laughs) it was a sad time for architecture in many places in the world in many um and then of course uh citizens in east berlin were subject to heavy surveillance Mm -hmm. i did read in one article i was like i don't know how i feel about this it was like people in east berlin like they felt a a sense of safety because they were surrounded by police all the time I was like, I actually think that's factually incorrect. Like maybe not. And how, so. how I would feel if I was surrounded by police at all times. Yeah. So I don't know. I think overall, I'm sure there were positives to living in East Berlin, but I think um, I personally would have preferred West Berlin for my lifestyle. Yeah. Well, and also just like, I don't know if you want to be near a highly militarized border with my... Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. Like regardless of what side you're on, like, I don't think that would be a nice feeling. No. Um, And so the, I'm sure it's like, we've all seen the Berlin wall became a space for art on the Mm -hmm. Western side, mind you. 
Um, And so in like the late seventies and eighties, the East German government replaced like the hodgepodge of barriers that had been constructed over the years with like the, the really concrete, high, really concrete, well, really Mm -hmm. high concrete wall. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it proved to be like the perfect surface for graffiti. And so street artists from around the world, they would come to Berlin to make their mark on it. Right. On the opposite side though, even like you were just saying, Sam, like even approaching the wall was dangerous for East Berliners. So mm-hmm. most chose not to come near it. Right. And so we've talked about Kennedy's speech. Mm-hmm. Now I need to talk about Ronald Re- Reagan's Reagan. speech. Can you say it, Sam? Can you say it? Mr. Gorbachev, have tear down this wall. Yes. I've been waiting okay. to say it all pod. <laughs> I literally wrote my notes. I was like, get Sam to say it. Well, literally even last week when we were talking about like doing this topic, yes. I was like, I have to say it. You, oh, of course. It's like, so it's Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. <laughs> yeah, kind of iconic. Whoever, whichever speechwriter wrote, wrote that deserves a raise. Yeah. Or deserves oh, a raise. Well, and I think even at the time they were saying like they didn't know how it was going to go over. Mm. Um, clearly well, yeah. at least afterwards in history. And so Reagan's challenge to tear down the Berlin Wall in 1987 it added to increasing international pressure on Moscow to make good mm-hmm. on its promises of openness and reform. Right. Because now in the USSR, we have one of my favorite leaders, Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> and he's all about reform, openness, glasnost. We're going to have things that you can actually kind of speak out a little bit. Not, mm. not fully, but a little bit. Wait, what is glasnost again? Glasnost was like his policy of openness where I think it was leading to more democratic reforms. So people would actually like have a bit more of say in their government. Mm. No, That's I love cool. It. Okay, Mikhail Gorbachev, your your, your boy, the yeah. Mr. Gorbachev in question. Mr. Gorbachev, and he had this big birthmark on the top of his head that like looks like a a dark splatter on his head. He's oh, just iconic. Yeah. Um, and so the U.S. and the rest of the world, they really want to see physical action taken to like lessen Cold War tensions. Um, Mm -hmm. because like Moscow was over here being like, we're going to be more open. We're going to be more democratic. And it's like, well then do it. And so tearing down the Berlin wall would be like a very real way of doing so and putting action to your words. Funnily enough though, some people, and I don't know who thinks this or why Mm -hmm. people believe that Ronald Reagan's speech ended the cold war. (laughs) Like just by him saying it? Yeah, they're like, this speech? Because shortly there and after, things start to happen in the USSR, you know? Mm. But it's like, Reagan's speech. Like, honey, these things were coming. Like, it wasn't a spell. It wasn't. A witch. <laughs> but in reality, like, at the time, despite the speech's later fame, it received relatively little media coverage. Right, and okay. Orbachev himself, when asked about the speech, he was like, I was unimpressed. We all know Reagan's an actor. So he just delivered a line. <laughs> He did not care. So did not give a fuck. Interesting. Yeah. If we see it now as like an iconic moment. Right, but it wasn't at the time. For. No. That's interesting. Okay. And then so that's 1987. By 1989, you have political changes in Eastern Europe and civil Taylor unrest. Taylor Swift is born. Oh yeah. <laughs> 1989, her album Taylor Swift is born. My favorite Taylor Swift album of all time. <laughs> Stupid. Okay, sorry. Um, there's other there's other changes not involving the birth of Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, there's other things that are going on. That's the main one. She might have have contributed to the destruction of the Berlin Wall. We don't know. (laughs) And so, political changes you have changes in Eastern Europe and then civil unrest in Germany. And that puts pressure on the East German government 
to loosen some of its regulations on travel to West Germany. Right. And like, we're not going to get into it today because it's like super nitty gritty. But prior yeah. to, the, to 1989, the Iron Curtain, it was already being chipped away by multiple Soviet states like Hungary, right. Austria, right. a whole bunch of them were kind of taking it down. Right. And so part of this was obviously because with Mikhail Gorbachev, things could change and the USSR didn't function well with change, unfortunately. Mm, okay. So East German leaders, they had tried to calm mounting protests by loosening the borders, making travel easier for East Germans, East Germans without like opening the border completely. Right. But on November 4th of that year, half a million people gathered in East Berlin in a mass protest. Okay. Wow. So November 4th, 1989, half a million people in East Berlin are right. upset. And so rather than using the threat of military to stop mass demonstrations and political revolution in Soviet states, Gorbachev, he's like, let them protest. And so I think like that difference in his leadership allowed for what ended up happening. Mm, I see. And so five days later, November 9th, 1989, as the Cold War began to thaw across Eastern Europe, the spokesman for East Berlin's Communist Party announced a change in East Berlin's relationship with West Berlin. Starting at midnight that day, citizens of East Germany were free to cross the country's borders. Wow. So then you had East and West Berliners, they flocked the wall, they celebrated, Mm -hmm. and at midnight they fled through the checkpoints to see each other. Yeah. Which is really cute. Yeah, that's beautiful. (laughs) I just want to cry. And so all in all, the Berlin Wall fell on November 9th, 1989. Mm -hmm. Um, More than 2 million people from East Berlin, visited West Berlin that weekend wow. to participate in the celebration. Yeah. And people used hammers and picks to knock away chunks of the wall, which yeah. like now I think you could, you pay money for to get like a piece of the Berlin wall. Right. And like cranes and bulldozers were brought in to pull down section after section. Right. So it wasn't like this gradual thing of like, oh, like slowly we're loosening up. It was like this wall was torn down. Right. That night, essentially. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I have to just applaud you for that. That was a really... Interesting episode. Thank you, Griffin, for the topic. Yeah, thanks, Griffin. If you have any more along these lines, we would love them Mm because this was a blast. This is good shit. Yeah. Um, My snack which i did confess i ate earlier because i was so hungry Mm -hmm. um like i said it was a sausage roll criminally small the portion that i got um delicious what i got it's like the interesting thing about it is like so you know some sausage rolls like the ones that you buy like i don't know like safeway or like whatever like the yeah or like other bakeries that are kind of just like the meat is like kind of it's like, is it me? Like how, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, you seem like meat, but we're not sure. You should be meat. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just cooked so much that it's just yes. like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. This is like the meat is actual, like it's Flavorful, juicy. It's like juicy. actual oh. meat. Stop, like it's, that sounds so good. And there's, it is. And it's like, there's a lot of it too. Like, it's not like, you know how in a lot of sausage rolls, it's like a kind of a thin core of meat. And then it's just a lot of pastry, yes. which like I do like too. But this has like actual, like this is more like meal-ish. Like it has like an actual like oh. large core. It would be sausage. meal-ish if you got to eat it all. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> would have been two meals. But um, so no, and the pastry is really good. Like, yeah, I was really young. So definitely oh, good. again. Uh, yeah, kind of different for me. Normally I'm like kind of a sweets person. But Are you? 
Yeah, I guess not really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I have no self-concept. I like don't know who I am. I'm really not a sweet person, but no, it was really um honestly. So Good, check okay. out check out the sausage rolls at Von Dome if you're ever around. Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try, try to be a bit more enthusiastic here. No, and it's funny, like I do have, a, I have an, a, a, I'll send it to you. I have a nice photo of it for the Insta, like when it was intact. Oh, and yes. Then, like, yeah, I was left with, like, this little... This little nub. This little crumb. It was so good, though. You should, so like, on the on the picture, like, do, like, an editing where you show the nub that you had left, like, point Yeah, oh, my God, I will. Like, a, a dotted line of, like, how much I actually got to eat. Got to eat. <laughs> yeah, well, and I should say Jackson and my dad loved it, too. Like, they... Oh, good for you know, them. They're, they're reviewing it, too, I guess. They loved it, so... Clearly. Uh, yeah, but how is, how is yours? It's honestly from, what really What was it, Brecca? Yeah, from Beck... Whoa. I can't even say it right. Brecca Bakery. Brecca Bakery. Um, okay. And so it's so it's like layers of chocolate cake, and in between, it's like sweetened coconut with pecans. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it honestly is so yummy because I don't typically tend towards chocolate desserts, as you know, mm-hmm. but I do really appreciate chocolate desserts when they have a break from the chocolate, when it's not just all mm. like chocolate frosting, chocolate cake, etc. Right. And so this is honestly very yummy because it's like delicious moist chocolate cake then that has like sweetened coconut and like a different flavor to it it's not just like chocolate Mm, okay i see very nice i do love my german chocolate cake (laughs) right which isn't actually german no so marge now that we've talked about our snacks your brecca bakery my vendome what is the significance of the berlin wall i can't think of anything so weirdly enough please people don't write about its significance like I tried, I Googled for so long trying to find like an actual article that would talk about right. the significance through and through. Right. And I couldn't find one. And I think it's this weird thing of because we all, everyone has a baseline understanding of why it's important. Right. That it's, that it's like to put it down to words almost doesn't, it seems futile. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but I, I needed it. Yeah. So, so whatever you're about to say, Marge, is futile. It's futile. It's trying useless. To describe its significance. Tap yeah. out now, listeners. Don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but what I have is like to this day, of course, the Berlin Wall, it remains one of the most powerful and enduring symbols of the Cold War. Yeah, of course. And in many ways, the Berlin Wall was the perfect symbol of the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. So it's like that term by Winston Churchill where it's like East versus West separated through Europe. Right. Um and so in the end, Gorbachev's reforms and the resulting protest movements um that put pressure on the East German government to open barriers to the West, it ultimately brought the wall down. Right. And I think like the big thing for me is like the Berlin wall served as like a foreshadowing of what was to come in the USSR. Right. Um, Because only two years later in 91, the Soviet Union dissolves. Right. Okay. And so it's like, I think for a lot, it's sort of like the level of, um, what was that big? Chernobyl. It's at the level mm. of Chernobyl where it was like 1986, you have Chernobyl and it's like, things are not going well. Like, mm-hmm. like the way that Soviet Union is presenting itself is in, obviously inaccurate. And then right. with the Berlin Wall, it was like, places are defecting, countries right. are crumbling. Like, so right. I think like it kind of just signified what was coming. Right. Okay. And kind of an end um, of the Cold War. Yes. Yeah. And Berlin, I don't know if you saw when you were there, Sam, I'm sure you did. It installed a line of double cobblestones in the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it like shows like the wall's former route throughout. Right. One of the most lasting legacies of the Berlin Wall is the difference between the two sides of the city. And I don't right. know if you saw this, I don't, I'm not sure. But former East Berlin 
it still faces high unemployment and poverty today. Mm. And so although Berlin was put back together, the ongoing social and economic division between the two mm. halves has yet to be fully healed. Yeah. That's still present. Well, I mean, it's really not that long ago, right? Like it's like 30 no. years ago. Exactly. And like, even if I think about it, it's like, I could step one block off in Vancouver and be in a place that's completely different. Yeah. Um, like economically, socially, it's like, it's a very different world. So it's not yeah. odd that you would have that happening in a city that was divided for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. The thing too, they always say is that like Berlin doesn't have a downtown because of it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh. because it was like, I think that's what people say. I might be wrong. Yeah. But I think like, yeah, it doesn't have a downtown because, you know, it was like basically two cities. So it's like yes. split. So there's not really like anywhere like you would have, say, in like Toronto or Calgary. Or, oh, wow. It's yeah, just Calgary, awesome the whole way around. metropolis to, to Berlin. <laughs> I <will>. like, <laughs> Stop. You, I love that. Yeah. You're like, you know, Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Winnipeg, Calgary, Berlin, the cultural capitals of the world. Stop. I read this one article and I was like, this is stupid. They said that the Berlin Wall like signified like walls don't work. And they were trying to allude to like Trump wanting to build the wall between like the US right. and Mexico. And I was like, I mm. just let's Well it did work for thir- like it like not in like a good way it worked. No. It did work in terms of like severely limiting mobility. Yeah. So I didn't I just read that and I was like, I don't know that. I'm just going to leave that. And maybe long-term, like, obviously, walls probably don't work that well, but, like, don't work well. But it's, like, it was effective. Like, it it filled its purpose for the 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 East East German government for a long time. And the last thing is, is, like, we talked about the people that were fleeing East Germany through East Berlin to get to West. Um, Mm -hmm. But doing so, at least 140 people died trying to cross the Berlin Wall over the course of its history. Um, But the wall itself really was just one part of like the larger inner German border that separated East and West Germany. And so Mm -hmm. naturally like hundreds more were were killed trying to cross those border points as well. So. Right. Right. I think like now, like I think of the Berlin wall as like this iconic, very cool symbol of like a period of history that I love, but it also um, people died trying to get what we have now. So I'm going to keep in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're ending on a high note. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's Thanks. what I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. No, that's really, that's really interesting. I feel like a good topic. Crazy recent history. We think about it like yeah. it's far in the past. It's really not that far in it's the past. It's really not. In Taylor Swift's lifetime, basically. Basically. <laughs> I gotta get, How many I gotta times can that. you say her name in one, one go? I know. I don't know. Every four <laughs> podcast episodes, I'm a Swifty. You like bring her up again. You're like, hold on. We haven't I talked do. about her for a minute. Remember that episode like four episodes ago when I was like saying what the lyrics of her songs were like, which part oh they're about? It's like, that was oh, our Stonehenge episode. You really oh, dove Sto- deep into her. Why Stonehenge? Oh, London boy. Probably. Yes, I, I, we're talking about Woodsworth and then it came Wordsworth. Oh, and... yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I need to give it a rest. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Marge. That was interesting. Okay. Let's, oh, let's do ratings. Okay. So what do yes. you say for Brecca Bakery? I think I'll put it back as a maybe yeah. because uh, we also bought like um, these, they were called like Italian pockets, like artichoke pockets, but essentially they were like kind of like calzone shaped. Um, they were mm. stuffed with like fillings and we right. got them heated up and they were super yummy. So my dad and I were both like, this is really good. And they do strudels and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think that like for what they do, nothing was so unique and crazy. I couldn't find elsewhere. And it mm. also is in Vancouver. So I'm like, right. maybe, Too but the fact that it's open 24 seven. It's like, I could be heading home like downtown Vancouver 
from like yeah. a concert someday and want food and I yeah. can go to Greca, which is nice. So that maybe. Is cool. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Sam? Um, obviously, me, I know what yours is. <laughs> yeah. For me, obviously, I'll go back again. This is a place that I already, I already go. go. Like I go yes. regularly. So, yeah. I mean, more obviously pre-pandemic because right now like we're on lockdown and nothing, like you can pick up, but you can't like dine in. Yes. Um, I've never had, like, I, I've only ever been to Vendome, I think, for, like, for brunch a lot. Like, it's, yeah. like, one of our brunch hotspots. Um, I feel like I've been there with you, maybe. We have, and remember, they did something really cool for all vegetarians in Calgary out there. They do halloumi as, like, an oh, option. Yeah. Which was so awesome, because half the time, it's, like, if you don't want sausage or bacon, it's, like, eat your potatoes. And it's, like, well, sometimes I want something else. Have, and they do grain. Yeah, yeah, it's, like... <laughs> Yeah, oh, the halloumi is fucking good. Jackson yeah. actually dies with the halloumi there. I forgot about it. It's so So yeah, good. so normally there for brunch. I've never had yeah. a, um, a baked good there. But yeah, their sausage roll does not disappoint. Um, well, it, I was disappointed that it was all eaten, basically. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's really nice and like, kind of like a fresh actual sausage. Versed, yes. as they call it in Germany. So we'll definitely <laughs> be going back. Okay, well, awesome. All right, everyone. Well, it was well, a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Griffin, yes. for your um, suggestion. Really appreciated Thank it. Thank you. And we'll talk to Stay you all next Stay safe out there. Week. Yeah. yeah. Stay safe. Stay <laughs> get safe, vaccinated. Get vaxxed if you can. Yes. Whatever vaccine's offered to you, get the Take first it. one you can. And if you're Take lucky that. enough to get the Russian one somewhere, do it. Why not? <laughs> Sputnik 5. Sputnik 5. Do it, baby. Let us know how it goes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all please. All right. And we'll talk okay. to you all Bye. next week. Bye. <laughs>